imagine that it's 1981 and you're six years old and for you toys and action figures have really only come in two types superheroes with the uh, the old Mego superhero figures and Star Wars and both of these toys are attached to an ongoing narrative which is kind of a new thing you don't know this because you're six years old but this is sort of a new trend in toys over the last several years to not just present you know little army men or a cowboy doll or <clears throat> something where, where you kind of make up the entire story yourself these are characters that have defined abilities and personalities and motivations and they're attached to things like movies and Saturday morning cartoons and comic books and coloring books and stickers and lunch boxes and all the stuff that goes with it which is pretty going to be pretty typical of the way toys are marketed to children in the 80s but anyway it's 1981 you're six years old and this is really what you know you know Spider-Man and Superman and Batman and Robin and you know Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Darth Vader. So you've been exposed to the world of superheroes. And you've been exposed to science fiction. And then you're watching television one day. And this commercial comes on with these booming drums. Boom, 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 boom. And here's something you've never seen before. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And... It's really cool. It's this guy with a battle axe riding on a big green tiger fighting these kind of weird, monstrous villains. And wow, that looks really cool. So the toys come out. You get the toys. And they come with these little books. These little storybooks, picture books, comic books. And that is even more mind-blowing. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. Because it's not science fiction and it's not superheroes. It's, and I, you don't have the word for it, but it's fantasy. And it is a type of fantasy that kids don't get exposed to very much. You know, it introduces this world of Eternia full of mystery and secrets and, you know, uh, just, just amazing, uh, pulpy, even though you don't have the word for that yet, kind of sword and sorcery. It's really cool. And He-Man is this barbarian who's chosen to defend Grayskull, you know, the secrets of Castle Grayskull, because Skeletor is a demon from another dimension, and if he gets the secrets of Grayskull, he'll use the power to summon a whole horde of demons and take over Eternia. And it's just this thing like you've never seen before, and it's cool, and it really sp sparks your imagination, and and all this. And, and, and then, you know, you've played with the toys for about a year and a half, and you've you've read these little booklets that kind of expand the world that they live in and then you find out oh there's going to be a cartoon there's going to be a cartoon it's going to be on in the mornings before school and it's going to be he-man and the day comes you get up you get up early before school so you can watch he-man before you go to school and you can talk to all your friends about it and it starts the little filmation doo -doo 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 -doo. and then you see the silhouette it's he-man here he comes and then there's some dude in a purple vest. So, um, I don't know how many people remember their first WTF moment, but I remember mine. 
And it was when that guy in the purple vest stepped out of the to the front of the screen and said, I am Adam, Prince of Eternia. Where's He-Man? And of course, within 10 or 15 seconds, you see Prince Adam transform into He-Man. Um, so what had actually happened that I didn't know because I was a six-year-old kid. Um, but at some point between the uh, production of the toy line and the animated series, uh, Mattel had turned the story over to DC Comics and being DC Comics, the first thing they did was they gave He-Man a secret identity. And if you read the DC Comics, you would have known that. But I didn't read the DC Comics. I was six. Um, I only read the books that came with the toys. But I immediately recognized that they had basically just turned He-Man into Superman with a sword. And I was kind of irritated. Now, I went on to watch the cartoon, and, and, and I enjoyed it and loved it, and, and, and you know, as, as most of the kids my age did back then. Um, and have, have you know, been, been a fan since. Um, those are, I still have most of my Masters of the Universe toys tucked away somewhere, and, uh, you know, my, my son has always loved them whenever I've got them out when we moved them or unboxed or whatever, and, and felt like they were really cool as well. Um, but there was just this, uh, what did you do to He-Man? And in the back of my mind, I've always longed for He-Man to be represented in that sword and sorcery pulp fiction world as as opposed to the world we got in the cartoon where there's the bright side of Eternia and it's like this idyllic, peaceful kingdom of justice and prosperity. And then there's the dark side where they've exiled Skeletor and, and his minions and they're just constantly trying to get back over to the light side to, to cause trouble. Um, and I've, I've been thinking about, I would eventually talk about He-Man uh, on a podcast, but it kind of uh, came up today. It, 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 Valentine's Day, although I imagine this will post Monday instead of today, because one one of the things my wife got me for Valentine's Day uh, is um, there's this uh, toy line called World's Smallest, and they're just miniature tiny versions of very popular toys, and it started off with classic toys, um, uh, like Stretch Armstrong and tiny little Rubik's Cubes and things like that, but now they've done a Masters of the Universe line, He-Man, Skeletor, Battle Cat, and Tila. And this guy's probably, let's see, the figures are maybe an inch tall, maybe a little bit more. And they're pretty decent micro-representations of the original action figures. Uh, coincidentally, uh, Mattel has reissued um, kind of new sculpts of the uh, the original figures. It's called, the, I believe it's called Masters of the Universe Origins uh, toy line that's kind of came out last year. And my son has gotten a few of those and really likes them. If you look at them out of the corner of your eye, you really can't tell that they're not just replications of the original. But they have a little bit higher quality sculpture um, and more points of articulation. Um, but particularly their faces look almost exactly identical to the uh, to the faces and the head sculpts on the, the original figures. Uh, so those are pretty cool. But, you know, Masters of the Universe... It's probably my first foray into true fantasy. I mentioned Star Wars earlier as science fiction. I understand Star Wars as fantasy. It's it's space opera and it's as much fantasy as it is as science fiction. But um, but you got spaceships and laser guns and robots. So uh, it to a six year old that's science fiction. This is my first real exposure to fantasy, other than sort of fairy tale kinds of things. And like I said, it was not like the typical fantasy. At least the, the the toys in the original books that came with them 
not like the fantasy that would typically be Disney kind of fantasy that would be marketed to children. It was definitely, and I know they took inspiration from Conan the Barbarian and um, <clears throat> things like that. And I know Thundar the Barbarian um, had been on, you know, on on Saturday morning cartoons a little bit before He Man came out. Um, but Thundar was a was a just one cartoon. I don't think it got the full nineteen eighties era marketing push with the like I mentioned with the the comic books and the action figures and the lunchbox and t-shirts and underoos and all those kinds of things that we got with He-Man. Um but anyway, it was this this just amazing you know, sword and sorcery low fantasy setting. Um and then of course years later as I got exposed to actual reading Robert Howard um and and Conan and some other pulp fantasy stuff, um, pulp fiction, low, low, low fantasy kinds of things. I always reminds me of He Man, uh, and particularly Jack Vance, The Dying Earth, where uh, you know it's kind of a fantasy setting, but it's also kind of there's this ancient technology that kind of bleeds over with magic, and there's this sense that there's this bygone era where there's really advanced technology, and it's it's kind of mixed in with the the secrets and the mysteries and what's magic and what's technology is not always clear. That that is a amazing kind of setting to me, uh, and you see that out too. It's like an expedition to the Barrier Peaks and Blackmore, so it shows up in D and D that same idea. Um, so I just wanted to mention that you know that Masters of the Universe is probably a bigger influence than, than on me for fantasy than probably you might think of. Not because it really informs D and D so much, but just because it was my first step into the world of fantasy. Uh, and the fact that it ticked me off that they turned He-Man into a superhero, comic book kind of superhero instead of a, a Pulp Fiction kind of sword and sorcery hero probably was a good indication that several years later I would definitely get into D&D and, and all the other sorts of things that, 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 that nerds of our kind uh, get into. So I just want to do a quick podcast on that um, just because my wife got me those toys. And I, I'd been thinking about including that and kind of mentioning – from time to time, when I when I wanted to talk about the influences, that definitely wanted to mention, master, mention masters of the universe. Uh, but yeah, I want my uh, jungle barbarian He Man back, and, and and you know, no secret identity. Uh, but anyway, I think I've said enough about that. Uh, I imagine there's a well, I don't know how many listeners I got. <laughs> I think I'm maybe lucky to have a dozen at this point. But uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from any anybody uh, on Anchor or, or who, anybody else who could leave a message about it. If you had a similar reaction to that or what, what He-Man might have meant to you growing up um, in the 80s. Or, you know, there have been several relaunches now with, with different action figures and animated series. Um, and I've I, I think I've watched all of them and I've enjoyed them. And I'm kind of looking forward to both the new... I guess Netflix has got a live action and a, an animated series coming up, so I'll be looking forward to see what those are going to look like. Uh, particularly knowing Kevin Smith is involved in them, so he's pretty, like me, he's, he's pretty faithful to his uh, his nerd roots. So hopefully he'll he'll give us a good a good show. Anyway, uh, happy Valentine's Day, and I think probably wherever you are in the U.S. right now, you're getting blasted with some bad winter weather. So stay warm. And I'll come back later with another podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Arcane Alienist podcast. 
I'll be back again in the near future with another one. Take care.